Good evening and welcome to a Saturday, April the 30th p.m. edition of the Christian Underground News Network. I'm your host, Kurt Chamberlain, along with your co-host, Pastor Dick Chamberlain, and our regular Saturday evening guest, Mr. Lucas Doremus. And we are glad you decided to join us today, tonight, uh, for another segment in Proverbs chapters 10 through 29. Uh, Lucas tells me tonight the subject matter is going to be, and now ladies and gentlemen, brace yourselves for this one. Foolishness. Oh my goodness. I'm, I'm going to let Pastor and Lucas take this one, and I'm going to put some earplugs in right now, because I'm afraid <laughs> that, no, don't, don't, I'm not going to do that, and I don't want you to do that either, uh, because actually, uh, this is pretty important, even though it sounds like uh, not so serious, you know, subject, it actually ends up being a, a dire uh, subject yeah and uh, one that we that we really need to to listen up and learn about a little bit and uh, there's going to be some admonitions and warnings here I'm sure that that uh, we could all uh, all of us uh, pay close attention to and heed a little bit better uh, so without further ado Mr. Lucas Doremus take us there Lucas all right. You mentioned, Curtis, that uh, it was a great subject matter because the word foolishness now in English, we think of the word foolishness as, you know, dumb or stupid or not very smart or maybe just aloof or something like that. We think like of that. Jim Carrey is what we what? think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, my wife can't stand watching movies <laughs> can't either. just be, because he's very foolish in his movies. Ex but, extremely. But, uh, you know, biblically, when we look at foolishness, it's often a synonym for wickedness. Yes. Uh, it, it can mean kind of the stupid or aloof or ignorant, those kind of things. It can mean that, but very often it also means uh, wicked. So when we're talking about foolishness, uh, this is this podcast is all about what not to do. Uh, yes. You know, if, if you, if you want to be a fool, uh, listen to this podcast. Uh, but if you don't want to be a fool, listen to this podcast, but do exactly the opposite of pretty much everything I'm going to say, because uh, there's a few in here that mention what wisdom is. So, you know, but pretty much just do the opposite of everything that's in these Proverbs. Let's go ahead and get started. This is Proverbs chapter 11, verse 7. It says, when a wicked man dies, his expectation will perish and the hope of the unjust perishes. Now, if you've read Ecclesiastes and Solomon, uh, when Solomon is the author of that too, uh, this is very true that when somebody dies, their expectation perishes because <laughs> yeah. they're no longer here to do it. Expect. Yeah. Yep. And so when a wicked man dies, his expectation will perish. So everything wicked he was going for, uh, that perishes, that stops. Yeah. Now, you know, one thing that the wicked have figured out is they've started working toward goals or expectations that are uh, beyond one person. Yes. You know, the, the, the people that want, say, a one world government, they know it's going to take one more than one generation. Absolutely. And so the individual wicked man or woman, his, their, their expectation does perish, but they're still aiming at the goal. Right. And so what, that's one way the wicked has kind of worked around this proverb. It's still true because when they die, their expectation dies with them. That's but right. Now, but so many people hold such a similar expectation. It feels like it keeps going, you know. Mm -hmm. So, OK, uh, chapter 11, verse 22, as a ring of gold in a swine's snout, so is a lovely woman who lacks discretion. Oh, and and boy, that and boy, that is true. Uh, lovely woman, that could mean many things. And then this discretion, um, that's a lack of common sense, uh, lack of discernment, lack of wisdom. Yeah, no filter. It, it, that could be true. Yeah. Any of those things that would go under that umbrella of discretion. 
And so the other thing about this is the swine snout. Now, the Solomon was Jewish and he was writing to a Jewish audience, even though the Bible's universal, it's still a Jewish audience. And pigs, swine, were arguably the most repulsive animal to a Jew. Yeah. Um, th- there were other animals that God told him not to touch and things like that. But a pig, yeah. oh man, a pig was just oh, the most dastardly thing you could do. Yeah. So, so really to make this applicable to us Gentiles a little bit more, think of the, the most horrendous animal you can possibly think of or that you hate. And it's like putting a ring of gold on that animal or dressing it up or, you know, whatever it is. Yeah. Um, and so that that's kind of the, the feeling we're supposed to get here. So, so I think minute, oh, go the, ahead. The, the contemporary uh, uh, synonymous statement to that is you can put you can put a tuxedo on a donkey, but it still remains a donkey. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. Or there's the other you can put lipstick on a pig. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, we've got a couple modern proverbs that just mirror exactly what this is saying. And so women, if you're out there, you know, if you lack discretion, <laughs> all women are lovely. Can I say that? I actually had a substitute teacher in school that used to stand in front of class and he said, I'm only here to really teach you one thing is that all women are beautiful. <laughs> and, and, you know, that was really wise. <laughs> So women, all women are lovely, but boy, when you lack discretion, uh, that's a, that's a sad thing. So get discretion. Yes. Um, Chapter 13, verse 23, much food is in the fallow ground of the poor. And for a lack of justice, there is waste. Now this sounds a little odd uh, at face value. uh, Much food is in the fallow ground of the poor. And then for a lack of justice, kind of makes it sound like there's this injustice toward the poor and that's why the ground didn't produce the food it was supposed to Um, but that word translated justice there and for lack of justice it it's probably better translated behavior Mm -hmm. and so if you read it this way much food is in the fallow ground of the poor and for lack of behavior there is waste Uh, this is one of those verses where the poor is foolish And so the poor, their behavior did not plant anything in the ground. So therefore, the food didn't grow, and that was very wasteful. They procrastinated. That's foolish. Yep. And so that's what this proverb is talking about. It's talking about a foolish poor person. The reason they're poor is because they're foolish. They do not work hard to plant and they have waste because of it. They wasted their ground. They wasted the growing season and they're going to go hungry because of it. Yeah. So yeah, don't work, work hard. Don't waste the potential that's there, say in the ground. Um, yeah. You know, one thing we do, we've, we've expanded our garden this year uh-huh. and you know, not everybody has the ability to put in a garden or, you know, the right yard or even any yard at all. Um, it's just one of those opportunities that we've taken to say, you know what, we're going to try to grow our own food, be a little bit more sustained by ourselves. Yeah. It's a good idea. idea. And I realize people in cities may not have that ability. That's fine. There's got to be other opportunities you can take too, though. I had an 800, an 800 square foot garden in Texas. Wow. That sounds really nice. It was, it was quite a project. Now, was it a victory garden or? Close. No, no, it was uh, it was mainly uh, oh, just just regular edibles. It was uh, uh, cucumbers, tomatoes, squash. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were going to plant corn, but we didn't. And we ended up not doing that. Uh, you know, uh, potatoes, sweet potatoes, etc., etc., etc. And, cetera, et cetera, et cetera. and, and it's, yep, it's a good way to not be foolish to take care yeah. of yourself like that. Exactly. Uh, chapter 14, verse 17, a quick tempered man acts foolishly and a man of wicked intentions is hated. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you get angry quick, quickly, that will cause you to sin or act foolishly. I have been guilty of that. Uh, yeah, all of us have. I think today was, you know, the most recent time <laughs> I was guilty of that one. Uh, and, and yesterday before that and the day, well, anyway, okay. um, you know, a quick tempered man, um, 
what does James say? We should be slow to anger. Slow to anger. Yep. You know, so yeah, don't, when you get angry, it causes you to act foolishly. Um, <laughs> I remember when I was in college, I, I played tennis here and there and gosh, I was angry about something playing tennis. I was by myself and I got so angry at whatever it was. I don't think it was my bad shot. There was something bothering me on my mind. I was so angry that I threw my tennis racket. You pulled a John McEnroe. Well, well, gosh darn it. You know what? It ran right into the post of the tennis net. You know what happened? <laughs> it broke. So I had uh, to go yes. buy a new tennis racket. The quick tempered <laughs> man acts foolishly. Boy, was yeah. that a foolish That's thing right. to do. That's right. Um, and then a man of wicked intentions is hated. Uh, if your intention is to be wicked to other people, you aren't going to have a lot of friends. Yeah, you know, Joe Biden has got 27% approval in the polls these days. Okay. There you go. Okay. Uh, Need I say more? Better not say, better not. I. Okay. <laughs> yeah, a man of wicked intentions is hated. Uh, now, that's not, well, never mind. We, we just won't go there. So don't have wicked <laughs> intentions. Okay. Chapter 14, verse 19. The evil will bow before the good and the wicked at the gates of the righteous. Now, this is one that, you know, I used to think that Proverbs didn't have prophecy in it. Oh, but yeah. I'll, I'll tell you guys that I don't really see the evil bowing before the good and the wicked at the gates of the righteous. Not at this point in time, no. That's right. There will be a day. Oh, there's a, there's a day coming for them. When that happens, that's right. And we're waiting patiently for it. Mm. As difficult it can be sometimes, we're waiting. Yes. Chapter 17, verse 5. He who mocks the poor reproaches his maker. He who is glad at calamity will not go unpunished. Mm. Um, if you mock the poor, you make fun of them uh, in whatever way, that's a reproach to God. It is. You know, we've, we've talked a few times in this series about widows and orphans and the poor. God treats them specially. And so don't mock the poor. Um, and why they're poor or uh, things they're whatever, help them, pray for them, give them the gospel along with the blanket or five bucks or, you know, whatever yeah, it is. That's right. Mm -hmm. And then the second one, uh, he who is glad at calamity will not go unpunished. Uh, boy, there's a, a saying that came publicly many years ago. I don't think this is when somebody first started saying this, but it's uh, never let a good crisis go to waste. Yeah. yeah, you know who first brought that into the political forefront? Yeah. Hillary Clinton. She was the one that just came right out. So, okay. yeah. So, so that yeah. would that would be a uh, can I say a wicked spin on mm -hmm. this proverb to say he who is glad at calamity will not go unpunished. Yeah. Um, those who use a calamity, a crisis, to bring about injustice, mm -hmm. uh, they're going to be punished for it one day. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe not now, maybe not in this life even, but one day it'll happen. So trust in God. He'll take care of it. Yep. Chapter 17, verse 11. An evil man seeks only rebellion. Therefore, a cruel messenger will be sent against him. So if you're, you're an evil man, you're seeking rebellion. Well, rebellion against what? Uh, pretty much anything. Yeah. Although... The, the rebellion most common seems to be rebellion against God, his principles, the Bible, uh, kind of however you want to say that. So when you're seeking only that rebellion, a cruel messenger will be sent against him. What is that cruel messenger? Well, it could be a number of things. That messenger could be a person who's bringing you a bad message <laughs> that you don't want to hear. Yeah. Um, Paul said he got a messenger of Satan. So this messenger could be some kind of physical ailment. Yeah. Uh, you know, this messenger could be a number of things. Um, but the, the idea here is you're going to get a consequence for seeking only rebellion in, right. in some kind of cruel messenger form. Right. So, so don't, don't be seeking rebellion. We, we want to have harmony with God. <laughs> we we want to obey yeah. and trust him. Yeah, we don't want that rebellion. Um, chapter 17, verse 12, <laughs> I, I, there, I tell you, there are some really good images that we're going to go to, um, some very good similes. 
Um, I love this one. Let a man meet a bear robbed of her cubs rather than a fool in his folly. Ooh, yeah. Now, a bear robbed of her cubs, boy, that bear's going to be pretty angry. Somebody's going to get hurt. Mm -hmm. And as they say, you don't have to be faster than the bear. You only have to be faster than your friend. But anyway, uh, Uh, but that actually, I think, gets to the heart of what this proverb is, is that a bear robbed of her cubs most of the time you can run away from a bear. Now I know bears can be faster than humans, but hopefully you'll notice a bear before they notice you and you'll run. But the idea of meeting a fool in their folly, a lot of times you can't run away from them. Maybe that fool is part of your family. (laughs) Maybe you work with them. Uh, You know, who knows what the case, but boy, it's better to be to meet a bear robbed of her cubs than a fool. That's quite an image. Yeah. Keep in your mind. I don't, at my age, I don't think I could outrun an anvil. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's why Proverbs is written to a young man, you know. So. Oh, that's right. There you go. <laughs> okay. Okay. Chapter 17, verse 13. Whoever rewards evil for good evil will not depart from his house. Oh, boy. And how true that is. Uh, there's, I, I don't know how popular a saying like this is, but if you subsidize, subsidize something, if mm. you encourage it mm-hmm. uh, and subsidize usually means monetarily, but you know, if you support something, no. encourage it, you will get more of it. So that principle is, really well that principle is actually from this proverb if you reward evil um people will keep on being evil because they keep getting rewarded for that action yeah so if you are wondering man why is always everybody not telling the truth around me why are they lying why are they doing this why are they backstabbing well it's because you're rewarding that behavior (laughs) if you would stop rewarding that behavior uh, that evil would depart. Um, so don't reward evil. Be very careful what you encourage in people. Um, chapter 17, verse, uh, where are we? 16. Why is there in the hand of a fool the pr- purchase price of wisdom, since he has no heart for it? Here we get Solomon's real heart on the matter here. What he's saying is that in the hand of a fool, the purchase price of wisdom. Everybody has the ability to buy wisdom. Now, when I say buy, it means that everybody uh, is smart enough to go get wisdom. Well, why? Because, boy, Pastor Dick, it's a lot of things you've been saying in your podcast lately about how God has made it evident to everyone that he's the creator, yet we rejected him. Uh, the whole Romans one you did, I think that was last week, right? When you went to Romans one. Um, And so everybody has the ability to go get wisdom because I firmly believe that if you reach out to God, he'll reach out to you. Oh yeah. So, and no matter what your state in life, no matter where you are, you reach out to God, he will find a way to reach out to you. If there be any among you that seek wisdom, let them ask of God. Mm -hmm. Uh, You never know. I mean, he picked up Philip and just transported him from location to location when people reach out. So who knows the way he'll do it? Um, It may not be instant, but God will do it. So why is there in the hand of of the fool a purchase price for wisdom, which everybody has, since he has no heart for it? It's kind of like saying, it's kind of like when you look at a smart person that isn't using their ability and you just go, boy, you are so smart. You could do so much better than what you are right now. Um, I know there were students like that, um, that I don't, I don't know that I ever said those words, but it was like, oh my goodness, you are so smart. You don't have to do (laughs) whatever you're doing. Why is there in your hand the purchase price of wisdom, but you don't have a heart for it? You don't want it. Why? (laughs) And I think Solomon's just trying to grasp that. And boy, it's frustrating, isn't it? Yeah. Um, You know, the way uh, I don't want to go down too far down this road, but, you know, the way we see the church acting in different 
parts of the country or what they're teaching or not teaching from their pulpit, you know, I just think you have all 66 books of what you need right there in front of you. Absolutely. And you probably read from it every single week, but you're not seeking it. <laughs> you know, it, uh, we, have, we have the same struggle Solomon has. You know. So, okay, we've, we could go down that road. I'm not going to. We want to we wanna keep talking about foolishness rather than complain, right? Okay, okay. <laughs> chapter 17, verse 19. He who loves transgression loves strife, and he who exalts his gate seeks destruction. Uh, if you love to sin, uh, you love strife. You love contention. You love quarrels. You love fighting. Um, <laughs> sometimes maybe we say people love the drama. <laughs> that might be one way to say it. Um, and he who exalts his gate seeks destruction. Well, what is exalting your gate? Ultimately, it's pride. So yeah. if you're looking out for only yourself, well, you're going to get destroyed one way or the other maybe later rather than sooner but it's going to happen chapter 17 verse 26 also to punish the righteous is not good nor to strike princes for their uprightness Uh, we are in a day where evil is called good and good is called evil Uh, this verse pretty plainly says uh, that is not good and especially to punish people for that that is not good Uh, when you see people thrown in jail for maybe a peaceful protest or something like that, that is righteous. You know, let's assume it's righteous. That is not good. Um, When you see people telling the truth and they're thrown in jail or their lives are destroyed from it because of it, that is not good. Um, It happens, but that's not good. Notice this also, nor to strike princes for their uprightness. There have been, you know, we talk on this program, there's been a number of times we talk about politicians uh, and the government being corrupt. Um, Here and there, you will find politicians that do try to expose the truth. Now, that doesn't, we don't know their motives. That doesn't mean they're all good or anything like that. But politicians do occasionally tell the truth and try to reveal what's really going on or whatever it is. A lot of times those politicians are destroyed. Um, You don't hear about them. They're marginalized, made fun of, and most likely they're gonna lose their next election. Um, So that is not good to strike princes for their uprightness. Uh, We should support anybody in government that's willing to tell the truth and do the right thing. Yep. Chapter 18, verse three. When the wicked comes, contempt comes also, and with dishonor comes reproach. Mm. Uh, When the wicked comes by, uh, there's hatred that comes with them. Uh, As we read a second ago, well, you hate the wicked, but the wicked probably hates you back. So so one way or another, when the wicked comes, contempt comes also. And with dishonor comes reproach. Uh, When there's dishonor somewhere, when somebody does the wrong thing, there's that reproach that there's you know, either a hate or a dislike or just a distancing because uh, you don't want to be involved in it. Um, so be aware of that, that when wicked comes, that's the consequences of it. Chapter 19, verse 2. Also, it is not good for a soul to be without knowledge, and he sins who hastens with his feet. Uh, boy, it is really good, not good for a soul to be without knowledge. Um the pilgrims that came over and were kind of the first foundation of America, they had a very big focus on teaching kids to read. Uh, do you guys know why their focus on reading was so big? You tell us, sir. They wanted kids to be able to read the Bible. Because if you can't read, you can't read the Bible. And if you can't read the Bible, you don't know what God's saying. So, I'm just using that as an example. It is not good for a soul to be without knowledge. It is not good for us to not have the Bible as a part of our life. That is not good because we can't get that knowledge. And he sins who hastens with his feet. Uh, When you act rashly or without thinking quickly, uh, that usually ends up in sinning. 
Um, and, and we should be very careful about that. We should step back, think about it for a sec, and then decide what to do. Uh, let's see. Chapter 19, verse 3. The foolishness of a man twists his way, and his heart frets against the Lord. Mm-hmm. So the foolishness of a man, the very idea that he's foolish, that is what twists his way. That's what makes his way difficult. Is it uh, Proverbs 13.5 that says the way of the transgressor is hard? Um, so it's the foolishness that makes somebody's way hard. That's the reason they don't have maybe a lot of money. That's a reason they bounce from job to job. That might be a reason they don't have, you know, a career that's stable. They might have family problems at home. Uh, They might not have a car that works, whatever it is. That foolishness is what is twisting that way and making that life so hard. Now, I'm not denying that bad things happen to good people and good things happen to bad people. That, of course, is another factor. But the foolishness of a man twists his way. And his heart frets against the Lord. That word frets just means be angry. Uh, have you ever heard anybody blame God for their troubles? Sure. Yeah. All the time. Yeah. He's, he's a pretty easy scapegoat um, because, yeah. you know, he doesn't audibly defend himself, does he? No. Doesn't have to. <laughs> and he doesn't. And that's right. He doesn't have to. So he doesn't. Um, but, you know, we, I've heard, you know, why God is it like this? God, why did you make me like this? God, why is my life like this? Well, you know, always make sure you're looking at your own life and what you're doing before you run and blame God for it. Uh, chapter 19, verse 19. A man of great wrath will suffer punishment, for if you rescue him, you will have to do it again. <laughs> a man of great wrath, great anger, that will be punished. Um, I don't know of very many times where somebody gets really, really angry that there isn't a consequence for that. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> I can think of soccer coaches I had that got really, really angry and then they got thrown out of the game, <laughs> you know, or something. That never happened to you, right, Pastor Dick? Well, I was a soccer coach. That happened, but I never got, no, I never got thrown out of the game. By the way, Curtis is one of my players and uh, he knows that I had a good reign on their, on their attitude and spirit. Uh, That's very important. That was was the thing that, that's what we thought sports taught Mm -hmm. was, uh, you know, how to do things right. Yes. So sports, or the example I just gave, that's a good example of a man of great wrath will suffer punishment. For if you rescue him, you'll have to do it again. Well, why will he have to do it again? Well, because he's just going to get angry again. (laughs) He's not controlling his anger. So even if, you know, let's say I'm the assistant coach and the other coach starts yelling at the referee, I might be able to pull back that, that head coach from getting thrown out of the game. But if he doesn't start controlling his anger, I'm going to have to keep doing it again. You know, just just examples of how true this proverb is. Yeah. Uh, Chapter 19, verse 29. Judgments are prepared for scoffers and beatings for the backs of fools. Um, Because when somebody's scoffing, they're mocking. Boy, just there's a judgment coming for that. And when there's somebody's really foolish, you know, there's this idea of beating. Now, we don't do that today. We don't have a literal beating, uh, but there sure is a judgment on people that mock and are foolish. Yeah. Um, chapter 20, verse 9. Who can say, I have made my heart clean? I am pure from sin. <laughs> the implied answer here, nobody. Nobody <laughs> has made their heart clean. That's Nobody exactly right. is pure yeah. from sin. Sure. Um, so if a person would ever say that, well, that's pretty foolish. It is. Um, you know, there are um, certain denominations out there that do believe that you can eventually become sinless after you're saved. Um, that is not right. That's um, right. You I, mean, still, I mean, you're right. That isn't right. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you that, still retain that old yeah. man. We've called, we've, we've, we've heard it called many times, sinless perfection. You can reach mm-hmm. sinless perfection. Yep. No, you can't because you still have the sin 
nature with which mm -hmm. you were born. Yeah. And God didn't take that away. He took care of it. Mm -hmm. And uh, to, to think that you're not able to sin. Um, boy, I sin all the time. I just, I, I don't live in that mindset. You know, I don't know what it takes. Um, but thankfully, as you were just saying, Pastor Dick, there will be a day where sin is eradicated. That's right. But the only time that we can't do it on our own. That's right. And just like we can't get ourselves to heaven on our own, we can't get rid of our sin nature on our own. God is the one who has to do all the work. And he will. And he will. When we get to heaven, either by death or the rapture, we will be perfect. And what a, wonderful, what a wonderful day that'll be. Yeah. I, I used to tell people, and I don't want to take much of your time, that the moment I stopped being perfect was the day that the doctor held me by my feet, smacked me on my rear end, and I cried. Oh, <laughs> there goes perfection. Is that really how they did it that day? I mean, I don't remember the doctor smacking either of my kid. Well, never mind. Okay. Really? No. <laughs> I mean, they cried a lot. I think they were just getting air. Yeah, medicine sure has changed. Hasn't it? Okay. <laughs> oh, medicine has changed. Okay. Curtis, stop. We're not going to go there. Okay. I sorry, don't sorry, like yeah. to do that, but <laughs> okay. Proverbs 20, verse 25. It is a snare. For a man to devote rashly something as holy, and afterward to reconsider his vows. Um, that, boy, to, to quickly consider something very holy, very good, very righteous, um, that can be very dangerous. Um, now, I thought of some modern examples. Now, some of these are a little old, but uh, the purpose-driven life is something that a whole lot of people would con considered, I don't know about holy, but boy, they really regarded it highly. They did. Um, boy, Curtis, I think most of your book is about that, or at least well, a good chunk it, of it. it, it, it yeah, a, a good portion of it. Yes. Mm -hmm. um, another one, uh, do you guys remember the prayer of Jabez? Mm -hmm. uh, that that was big for a while uh, nobody talks about that anymore and right. I, I don't remember studying it a whole lot but I don't think it was real accurate and no. uh, what it was trying to say uh, a little bit more uh, modern one there's a book called heaven is for real seen it um, seen the yep. movie yeah uh, you see that <sighs> book in uh, goodwill a lot um, th that one had some trouble with it uh, yeah uh, Again, one of the more recent ones is the book and all the, boy, the plethora of books uh, about Jesus calling, Yo, um, you yes. know, where, where the author is literally saying that Jesus gave me these messages, having divine yes. revelation. And writing yes. it to you. Um, those are just some examples of books. We could go on to other things that are, were very, very popular. Um, I don't know that people regarded them as holy, but boy, there were a lot of problems with each of those four examples. Yes. And I think some, hopefully some people reconsidered what they thought of them. Uh, now, some of them were so impactful, like the purpose-driven life. Um, boy, that changed the landscape of churches. <laughs> it certainly did. I mean, we're still seeing that idea. Yeah. So just be careful what you start to regard very highly. Mm -hmm. um, know in the world make sure we do our due diligence and test everything as first thessalonians 5 21 says that's right um, proverbs chapter 21 verse 7 the violence of the wicked will destroy them because they refuse to do justice now we live in a time where wicked is being escalated violence is being escalated and rewarded but as we've said a few times there will come a day uh, when they will be destroyed um, their wickedness will destroy them because they're going to get judged. And actually, in the tribul tribulation, there will be 10 kings. Uh, three of them will be destroyed. Yes. And so this proverb could be talking about God judging them because of their violence. But the violence of the wicked also destroys each other, depending on what's going on. So there's two ways this could be fulfilled. Chapter 21, verse 10. The soul of the wicked desires evil. He finds his neighbor finds no favor in his eyes. Um, so when somebody is wicked, the soul of the wicked, 
they desire evil. Uh, they want to do evil things. Uh, they, they desire it. And his neighbor, again, we've talked about neighbor, could also be translated friend. They find no favor in their eyes. A wicked person desires evil. They don't have close friends that support them. Uh, they have friends maybe because they have similar goals, but they might both be trying to backstab each other. Um, so be, you know, the soul of the wicked desires evil. So when you're around a wicked person, be very careful. You know what their desire is. Um, so be careful about that. Uh, chapter 21, verse uh, 16. A man who wanders from the way of understanding will rest in the assembly of the dead. Mm. Boy, that's a, that's uh -huh. a stark proverb. Um, yeah. Because what does sin lead to? Well, it leads to death. Um, when it is finished. That's right. So that's where the man who wanders from the way of understanding, that's where you'll rest. Uh, with the rest of the people that wandered from the way of understanding. Chapter one, or excuse me, chapter 21, verse 18. The wicked shall be a ransom for the righteous and the unfaithful for the upright. Now we had a proverb kind of like that before where the evil was bowing before the good. I haven't seen that much today. So I think this is another prophetic proverb. Uh, it's talking about what will happen. Um, eventually, the wicked will be a ransom for the righteous and the unfaithful for the upright. Uh, that day will come when Jesus comes back. And he could come back. Well, he could come back today and get us <laughs> yeah. Yeah. and then come back to earth to reign, you know, seven or so years after that. That's right. Chapter 21, verse 27. The sacrifice of the wicked is an abomination. How much more when he brings it with wicked intent? Uh, so here's the idea. We talked last week, our, our podcast last week was on theology or God or what the Proverbs has to say about God. Right. And I think there were two verses in there that talked about the sacrifice of the abomination or the sacrifice of the wicked is an abomination to God. Yeah. So that's true. How much more when he brings it with wicked intent? So if somebody's wicked, Yet the reason, their intent, that they're bringing that sacrifice is to get something out of it, that's even worse than just going through the motions and doing it anyway. Yeah. Um, you know, I've, I've had, I don't know about anybody else, I've had low times in my life where you say, God, I'm going to do this for you and you better do something for me. Um, and that's a... I don't know about you, that, that attitude didn't last very long for me, <laughs> but I had it. At that one probably time. wasn't very profitable for you either. It was not profitable in the least, <laughs> uh, but it was at a low point and, and I did it. And, and I think God uh, hit me with a spiritual two by four. Can I say it that way? <laughs> yeah, yes, you can. And that was a moment of correction for me. And I hope I will never do that again. A flat foreheaded moment. Mm -hmm. You know, it's also <laughs> proof that the prosperity doctrine is garbage. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because if you, when want... you give, when you give with the expectation of return, you're not giving for the right reason. Mm -hmm. And they will tell you if you didn't get what you want, your faith isn't strong enough. That's right. Um, well, Jesus said that a faith as small as a mustard seed could move a mountain. That's right. So it has nothing to do with the size of my faith. It has to do with asking for what God's already going to do. Yeah. So, okay. Chapter you 20. Oh. You have not because you ask not. And you, a lot of times you have not because you ask amiss. That you may assume it upon your own lust. That's right. That's right. When we ask, we've got to be in alignment with God. Everything we ask for should be followed with, nevertheless, not my will, but what yours. The? Uh, let's see, chapter 24, verse 7. Wisdom is too lofty for a fool. He does not open his mouth in the gate. Uh, when it's talking about this, open his mouth in the gate, <laughs> it's kind of funny. This one came right now. It means he doesn't ask for it. Wisdom's too lofty for a fool because he doesn't ask. He already thinks he's, he knows everything. Mm -hmm. I don't have to ask for the truth. I already know it. You know, don't tell me how to do it. I'm too busy knowing how, you know. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
chapter 24, verse 8, he who plots to do evil will be called a schemer. Uh, I don't know that there's really anything we can say about this. Schemer is plotting evil. <laughs> don't be a schemer. Chapter 24, verse 9, the devising of foolishness is sin, and the scoffer is an abomination to men. When you are devising foolishness, when you are thinking of ways to be foolish. Now, most people I know, they don't sit there and think, boy, how can I be dumb today? Yeah. <laughs> how can I screw up? Yeah. Yeah, how can I just mess things up on purpose? You know, yeah. I don't I don't know many people like that. So this would be one of those verses where foolishness is a synonym for wickedness. Yeah. Yeah. I do know people. Well, not I know of people, I should say it that way, who do sit and think, what can I do to get back at this other person? Yes. Um, what can I do to mess up this person's plans? You know, whatever it is, that is a devising of foolishness and that is sin. Yeah. And the scoffer is an abomination to men. Men don't like people who scoff. Uh, when somebody says something to you and your first thought is always something wrong with what they said, maybe it's always, uh, well, I know how to do that better, or I wouldn't do it that way, or that wasn't smart, or you know, whatever it is. Whenever you're scoffing at things people say, boy, that's an abomination. Don't do that. Now, if somebody's doing something and they're really doing it wrong and they're going to hurt themselves, correct them. But that's not scoffing. <laughs> That's right. That's right. It is. Yeah, that could be doing what's right. That's that's right. Um, boy, I have I can tell this funny story. So we have a little we have an attic in our house, but it's just a little hole in our ceiling. We don't really have a way to get to it. Yeah. So so uh, <laughs> I can't believe I'm going to say this in a recording on the air. I stacked up what was it two ottomans on top of each other and then a piano bench on top of all three of those. And then got up to the attic. Um, and my wife corrected me. And uh, that was not scoffing. That was correcting some major foolishness. In this case, yeah. it was pretty dumb. Yeah. And I think uh, she, uh, she took a picture of me with my head in the attic on top of everything. And she labeled the picture, how Doremus men die. Wow. <laughs> Because wow. uh, my uh, my family has a history of doing some dumb things, but but anyway, that's that's correction for people that are doing dumb things like myself. Yeah. She's got a good that's sense of gone. humor. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> she does. Yeah. Well, yeah. she married you, so that proves it. Well, yeah, oh, and I and, and, and I didn't die climbing on top of those. Yeah. Ottomans, so, so I've done it more than once because I'm fun. <laughs> Boy, how foolish is that? Okay. Oh, and dear. she says, well, why don't we get a ladder? And I say, well, we don't have any room for it. And she just gives me a look. Okay, let's get off that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, this is, I, I love this part of the podcast we're going to get into because some of the imagery here is just, oh man, so powerful. Chapter 25, verse 19. Confidence in an unfaithful man in time of trouble is like a bad tooth in a foot out of joint. Oh, boy. <laughs> so when there's trouble and you really need to depend on somebody to come through, do the right thing, execute, whatever it is, if you send somebody, you don't know whether they're good at it or whether they'll go through, that's like having a toothache or that's like having a sprained ankle, a foot out of joint. I mean, it just hurts, you know, because then you go, you send them and you just cringe, <laughs> you know, oh, what, what imagery. So, so uh, the, the lesson here is don't send an unfaithful man. Right. And by the way, don't be that unfaithful man if you're the one All sent. Right. <laughs> right on. That's it. All right. This next one's good. Chapter 25, verse 20. Like one who takes away a garment in cold weather and like vinegar on soda is one who sings songs to a heavy heart. So like a garment, one who takes away a garment in cold weather, nobody likes having their coat taken away when it's cold. Right. Um, try this in the winter, if your hands are freezing and actually mine are a lot, just go touch somebody on the back or something with your cold hands and oh man, they will, uh, it's usually a violent reaction. 
you know, not that I've done that to my wife as a joke, but anyway, <laughs> nobody, <laughs> nobody likes getting their coat taken away in the cold weather. And then this vinegar on soda. Now, vinegar is an acid. And soda here, the word translated, from what we can tell, it's a base. Now, when you combine an acid, acid and a base, they neutralize each other. Yeah. Doesn't, no reaction happens. Mm-hmm. Is one who sings songs to a heavy heart. Um, let's say there's a funeral of which we've all been to plenty of funerals. And if somebody would really try to have a very chipper mood, maybe sing a very happy song, uh, no one appreciates that. Uh, the mood at a funeral is usually somber, even if it's of a believer that we're all excited they're in heaven now. Um, singing a very happy song to try to cheer somebody up, that's not the right time to do that. So the lesson here is understand the mood of people or that you're in and act appropriately. Sure. Uh, chapter 25, verse 26, a righteous man who falters before the wicked is like a murky spring in a polluted well. Uh, both of those things, a murky spring fluted well, they're no good for anything because you can't drink the water. And that is like a righteous man who falters before the wicked. Us that are believers, we need to take our behavior very, very seriously. We don't want to falter before the wicked. Now, that's not to say we have to have works to be saved, or if we don't have enough works, we won't be saved. Well, but we should take very seriously our behavior. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's how important our behavior it is. Not that it's going to get us to heaven, but we should take it very seriously how we act. Uh, mm-hmm. Chapter 26, verse 1. As snow in summer and rain in harvest, so honor is not fitting for a fool. <laughs> if it snows in summer, boy, there's something wrong. And in the harvest, rain is not appreciated, not that it doesn't rain sometimes in harvest, but when is the rain supposed to come? Yeah, in the spring. spring. When yeah. is the smo- snow supposed to come? Winter. In the winter. So honor is not fitting for a fool. That's how out of place honor is for somebody who's acting foolish. Uh, so when we see, you know, this was many years ago, and honestly, I don't even remember the news reporter's name. There was a news reporter who lied about an entire story. They got caught in the lie, and the news media gave him a reward. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's how out of place that honor is, like snow in summer that's and rain right. harvest. Chapter 20, 26, verse 6. He who sends a messenger by the hand of a fool cuts off his own feet and drinks violence. Wow. <laughs> Um, so when you send a fool to send a message, you are in trouble. You are going to cut off your own feet and drink violence because you don't know if that fool is going to deliver the message you sent them with. And even if they do deliver the right message and then they get asked a question, you don't know what they're going to respond with. Yeah. Cuts off his own feet and drinks violence. Uh, there have been a number of times where I've seen people get in trouble because the person they sent to deliver the message did not do it well. So just kind of like the others, don't send somebody you can't trust with a message and don't be that unfaithful person if you're the one sent. Yeah. Uh, chapter 26, verse 27, like the legs of the lame that hang limp is a proverb in the mouth of fools. Um, if somebody's lame and they can't walk, their legs don't do a lot of good. They're pretty useless. It's just like that with a proverb in the mouth of fools. It doesn't do any good. They don't understand it because they don't follow it. They're foolish. And if they tell it to you, you know what you're going to say? That person's such a fool. I'm not going to believe what he says. And in a lot of ways, rightfully so. So that's how useless a proverb in the mouth of fools is. Uh, this next one, very much like the one we read a minute ago, chapter 26, verse eight, like one who binds a stone in a sling is he who gives honor to a fool. Well, the whole purpose of putting a rock in a sling is to throw it. But if you bind it in the sling, if you tie it in there, 
the sling becomes completely useless, completely worthless. It no longer has a point. Mm-hmm. So is he who gives honor to a fool. You become pointless. Um, I know of uh, managers, bosses, executives that I've come into contact with that give honor to people who don't deserve it. And boy, you really lose a lot of respect for that person. You don't regard their leadership very highly, and it really becomes a taint on them. So be very careful about that. Chapter 26, verse 9. <laughs> like a thorn that goes into the hand of a drunkard is a proverb in the mouth of fools. Uh, when a, if somebody's drunk uh, and a thorn goes into their hand, they don't even feel it. Yeah. Because they're drunk. So yeah, it's, it has no effect on them. It has, yeah, it has zero effect. So is a proverb in the mouth of fools. It has no effect on anybody. Yeah. Nobody's listening and they don't understand it or do it in the first place. Chapter 26, verse 11. As a dog returns to his own vomit, so a fool repeats his own folly. Yeah. Uh, I believe Peter quotes this verse, 2 Peter 2.22. Yeah. Yes. Um, what this verb is talking about is habits. <laughs> so a dog, and this happens occasionally, if you have a dog, you have experienced this, yeah. they will grow up and then they will eat it. Yeah. And, and, you know, even dog owners back and forth, I've noticed if that happens, even they get embarrassed with yeah. other dog owners when that happens. It's just yeah. not a pleasant sight. No, no. So this habit of returning to your own vomit is like a fool repeating your folly. The habit of being foolishness, you will keep doing that and keep doing that and keep being foolish. Now, I like to point out with this, it also works the other way. The more you do righteous things, the more of a habit it becomes. And so it's not a repulsive thing like a dog returning to his vomit, but that habit will continue in a good way. So this verse is just pointing out that a fool will repeat his own folly, just like a dog goes to his own vomit. But it kind of inversely also says the righteous will repeat their righteousness, which is nice to know. Chapter 26, verse 27. Whoever digs a pit will fall into it, and he who rolls a stone will have it roll back on him. (laughs) So if you set a trap for somebody else, you will eventually get caught in a trap. Mm-hmm. If you roll up a stone, which is another way to set a trap, you'll eventually have a stone roll back on you. Um, so as we read a second ago, you know, don't devise foolishness. Don't be setting traps for people because you're going to have a trap set for you and it'll, you'll fall into it. Chapter 27, verse 3. A stone is heavy and sand is weighty but a fool's wrath is heavier than both of them. <laughs> I can think of an exercise in a soccer practice we did where we had a sled and we had to carry three uh, sandbags. We had to carry one at a time, run down to the sled, put it on there, run back, carry the next one. And then we had to drag that sled with all three of those sandbags all the way back. Yeah. That's really heavy. Yes, it is. That's really heavy. But a fool's wrath, somebody that's foolish, that is angry, is heavier than both of them. Yeah. And I think the reason it's so heavy is because when a fool is angry, they're usually angry about the wrong thing. Yeah. But they get so angry that it's so difficult to deal with. Um, My personal, my, my natural reaction is to immediately start pointing out all the things they're wrong about when they're angry. But when they're so angry, that doesn't matter. doesn't have any effect on them. And then even after that person leaves, that anger just kind of hangs on you. You know, can I say it weighs you down like a sandbag? Maybe it's just hard to get over. Uh Um, So in a lot of this proverb is so true, but a fool's wrath is heavier than both of them. Chapter 27, verse 20, hell and destruction are never full. So the eyes of man are never satisfied. Boy, how true is that? Hell and destruction, it will never have enough people. It can always have more. And there will be a lot of people that go there. 
And if you haven't placed your faith in Jesus Christ, you should do that now because you don't want to end up there where the torment will last for all eternity. You want to believe in Jesus who will take you to heaven where there's paradise for eternity. Yes. But hell and destruction are never full. So the eyes of man are never satisfied. Uh, Ecclesiastes 5.10 says it this way. A man who desires silver will never be satisfied with silver. As in, if your constant drive in life is to get money, you will never be satisfied with how much money you have. You will always want more. And so take whether it's money or belongings or whatever it is, will never satisfy you. You know what the only thing that does satisfy you is? You're going to tell me. God, because (laughs) he will fill those desires and you will desire him and he will fill you. Yeah. So adjust our desires. Chapter 27, verse 22. Oh man, I love this one. Though you grind a fool in a mortar with a pestle along with crushed grain, yet his foolishness will not depart from him. (laughs) Uh, In my younger days, uh, I probably did not realize this proverb so well. uh, Because when you're with students and say high schoolers, it's kind of like you want to correct them all the time. But even if I grind them with a pestle, their foolishness is not going to leave them. Boy, especially teenagers, right? Right. Oh, boy. I don't know about you guys, but I was a pretty foolish teenager. So I am talking just as much to myself as... any teenager I corrected. Um, And now I've realized that when I seek correction, it's because I'm the one who wants to be corrected and I want to change my behavior. So now I'm much more careful about how I talk to people that I don't sit there and correct them unless again, they're doing something dangerous or whatever it is. You say things and you hope people will correct their own foolishness because I can't do it that person has to work it out with God and their foolishness. Right. Chapter 28, verse 17, a man burdened with bloodshed will flee into a pit. Let no one help him. Uh, This is a very interesting one. Uh, So a man burdened with bloodshed, that would be a killer or a murderer. Maybe Uh, they will hide. Um, I don't know a whole lot of, or I have never read or something a story of a murderer that really believes what they're doing is right. Uh, now they're out there, but most murderers know they're wrong. And so they hide, <clears throat> whether it's they hide the body or they hide themselves, whatever it is. Yeah. Now it says here, let no one help him. There is a time, even as believers, where we should not help people. Right. And that can be a difficult thing to realize But it says very clearly, let no one help him. Uh, There's a time to to not help. Um, I believe it's in 1 John 5, where John talks about when not to pray for somebody. And so there are times in this case where it's a man burdened with bloodshed. Don't help them out. Don't hide them. Don't try to help them get away. Protect yourself, first of all, because if they're if they're a murderer, well, they might be after you too. Yep. Don't help them out. And again, that can be a hard thing as Christians, but there is admonition to not help people. We need to be careful. Chapter 29, verse 16. When the wicked are multiplied, transgression increases, but the righteous will see their fall. I'd say, Curtis, we're living in that day today, wouldn't you? Uh, I would agree with that. I'd say the wicked are multiplied, that's for sure. Yeah. And if the wicked are multiplied, boy, certainly transgression is increasing. Yeah. But the righteous will see their fall. God will bring it all into judgment. Yeah. And so if you're having trouble with this one, with the wicked being multiplied and seeing sin, read the book of Revelation. Oh, yeah. I, I think, Curtis, you've said it many times that Revelation is the only book that has a specific blessing on those who read it. Yes, sir. I think, uh, I think in one way that blessing is the realization that God's justice is coming. 
Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. And, and I'm and I'm not dogmatic and I'm not saying that is, but that certainly is one way I'm blessed when I read Revelation. So chapter 29, verse 22. This will be our last one for the night. An angry man stirs up strife and a furious man abounds in transgression. Um, mm-hmm. We need to control our anger. An angry man stirs up strife. When you're angry, you stir up strife in other people's lives. Um, when somebody's very angry, it's very difficult to be calm around them. Yes. Um, <laughs> I've had times where people are very angry at me and I am very calm. And that actually makes them more angry. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I've had times by this. And the furious yeah. man abounds in transgression. Boy, when you're angry, it's really easy to sin. Oh, boy. And we need to be very careful with it. So boy, yeah. we need to we need to watch our anger. That's right. Mm-hmm. Well, hey, that was the last verse in this session. That was the last verse. Yep. Yeah. Um, I got to I got to admonish you. Why don't you use a few scriptures when you're teaching? i'm glad you i'm glad you do this i am glad that you do this this is good for everybody you know the new new christians old christians uh doing it this way is wonderful you know i've given this a title uh you said it's foolishness and i've and i've got got down here in my notes foolishness what causes it yeah, there's a lot of uh, foundation of why fo- people are foolish in this. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, so that's it. Good one. Yeah, Good and one, and and to let uh, to let listeners know where we're going, we have wisdom coming next week, which it oh, it might yeah. it it might be two weeks. Uh, there's, there's quite a few verses, and then after we've learned what foolishness is, we're going to learn what wisdom is, and then we're going to talk about how they're contrasted throughout the Bible. And I, oh, and I, yeah. many weeks ago when we started this series, I would talk about how Proverbs is, is probably the book in the Bible that is most black and white. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, God is very black and white about what you're doing. You're either righteous or you're not. Yeah. And so we'll get, we got foolishness done. We'll talk about wisdom yeah. a week, maybe two, and then we'll contrast them. Yep. And, and this, this is a book of contrasts. Um, mm-hmm. If you were to go to a concordance, uh, and you looked up the word B-U-T. Yes. Uh, you could, I mean, Strong's exhaustive concordance wouldn't even list all of them, I don't think. They'd put it in the back mm-hmm. uh, and, and give you it, and an appendix. But uh, these, this is all a, a bunch of contrasts, uh, which makes everything brighter. Mm-hmm. In other words, it says, here's... Here's what this angry man does, but, and then you get the contrast. I've even had some, you bring that up. I've even had somebody that was very angry um, and I was calm. I even uh, was told by them, don't try to calm me down. Yeah. And, you know, I just kind of laughed and went on solving their problem. And sometimes that's all you can do. Yeah. Um, so be wise no matter what, but we're going to get to it next week. It'll be fun. Good. Maybe Good. a little bit more uplifting. I don't know. Well, boy, it, I tell you what. It's, it's hard, you know, Curtis, you've mentioned this, because when we talk about foolish, we think about all the things we've done. And then we talk about wisdom and we think about all the things we've done. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It's, it's true. It's true. I, had, I had a wise man tell me once that the difference between knowledge and wisdom is this. Uh, knowledge is to know something. Wisdom is to know how to use it. Mm-hmm. Probably a lot of truth to that. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Well. All right, Curtis, take us home. All right. Well, I appreciate that hour, Lucas, and uh, I'm sure our listeners were greatly blessed by hearing it. Absolutely. And uh, as always, we appreciate you, my brother. And so uh, we want to remind our listeners to join us again next Saturday night. Uh, when we get into uh, studying the flip side of what we did tonight, yeah. uh, when we'll get into wisdom, and uh, I'm sure that that is going to be highly edifying. So, and, and our dear listeners would be wise 
<laughs> absolutely okay absolutely so once again lucas thank you for being with us tonight brother and mm -hmm. uh, boy we, we look forward to our next session next week yep. and i'm sure our listeners are already prepping for that yeah so thank you for being with us tonight uh ladies and gentlemen we hope that you you uh, learned something and were edified or or blessed in some other way by hearing uh, the lesson that was taught tonight. And we thank Lucas for, for being a spirit-filled instructor. So uh, we appreciate you being with us. Don't forget, this Tuesday we will have Dr. No, no, we will not have Dr. J.B. Hickson. He is on the road. So next week we will not have a podcast on Tuesday. Correct. We will be absent from the airwaves, okay. but we will be doing something else constructive, I'm sure. I think so. I may be planting a garden next Tuesday. I don't know. <laughs> and there you go. And, and I'm not kidding about that. But anyway, uh, so be sure and be with us then next Saturday. Our next podcast will be a full week from now. So uh, do not be alarmed. If, if you're really jonesing for us on Tuesday, this Tuesday, yeah, yeah, just go back to one of our previous episodes. Sure. Yep. There are over 300 of them. Yep. And uh, we have, there's a plethora of stuff in there. And I don't know what plethora means, but. <laughs> I think it, it means a lot. I think it means a lot. Yeah. Oh, a whole bunch. A, whole a bunch. lot. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, we won't be on the air till next Saturday. So until then. May God bless and keep you. Uh, we hope you have a wonderful and blessed week. This is the Christian Underground News Network signing off until next Saturday. We'll see you then.